Hello and welcome to Bygones, the Ali McBeal rewatch podcast where we rewatch every episode through 2019 eyes. I am Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. But we are not rewatching anything today. No. We've put our eyeballs on the back burner because this is Ow. our now. <laughs> <laughs> this is our now traditional mid-season mailbag episode. <laughs> yeah, we've. This is now the second time we've done a mid-season mailbag, so that makes it tradition, right? Uh, yes, I think doing it twice is what makes something a tradition. Exactly. Every year that we've been doing this podcast, that's what we've done, and that is two times. <laughs> um, it's a bit of a different setup for us uh, this episode because we're actually recording remotely for the first time ever it's weird isn't it, it you're really not actually is. physically in the same room you're in your home i'm in my home yeah, i've got the door not... open because it's really hot today and uh yeah. my my home is uh equipped not equipped to stay cool <laughs> during the summer so no you might hear some seagulls is all i'm saying that's fine, you That's know, fine. gives it a bit of atmosphere. And these mailbag episodes are always like more informal anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Not right. Our main episodes are super formal. What are you talking about? <laughs> I dress up. Wear a suit and tie. Laura and Jane's a monocle. In right now. <laughs> I literally am. Eleanor texted me about half an hour ago being like, uh, are we ready to record? And I was like, shit, I forgot we were doing that. And I was like, I'm still in my pajamas, but okay. Um, so yeah, so I definitely am feeling more informal than normal. Um, so, so how should we kick this off? Should we start off by talking about what we've been doing this year so far, like yeah. the pod? Yeah, because we've been doing some new, new, new shiz. Um, I think the first thing of note um, is Patreon. Yeah, we started a Patreon at the beginning of this season, which is new for us and we weren't it was a bit of an experiment we weren't really sure if anyone really thought that what we were doing was good enough to Worth part with their hard-earned cash reward. <laughs> <laughs> but it turns out that some people think it is and that's great because we've punk? got I know well you laugh and we haven't got like huge numbers of patreons but the patrons that we do have are wonderful they're so lovely and engaged and um send us lovely messages um and um the patreon patrons that we do have they're actually covering our hosting costs right now which is amazing because it means that we can put that money towards um other things like upgrading our equipment I now have a fancy mic by which we can now do these remote record things. So, you know, the more monies that we get, the more things we can do. Completely. More monies, less problems. <laughs> more things. That's the saying, right? <laughs> more monies, less problems, more things. That's what they were rapping about, right? Um, so thank you to everyone who's a patron and this episode is sort of semi-dedicated to our patrons in a way because the mail that we have got has been solely from the people who are on patreon we only went to patreon patreon to ask people what questions they had for the mailbag episode as a little thank you to them to say thank you for supporting us and supporting the show um and so all the questions you'll hear today have come from those guys and they've come up with some good ones I think. Ellen has yeah. got no idea because she Literally hasn't checked. She hasn't got a clue. <laughs> and she's going to be reacting fresh out of the box. She's got no time to think about it. Uh, so 
that will make for some interesting content I think um but the other stuff that I think is of note this this season so far is we've got to 8,000 downloads which is insane mind-blowing never thought we'd get those kind of numbers no this time last year I think we just hit 1,000 so to go from 1,000 to another 7,000 on top in a year is is really great and I'm really pleased that there's lots more people listening yeah thank you guys (laughs) thank you um the other stuff that we've done this season is we've had guests Mm-hmm. So we've Matt. made a sort of bigger effort to get more guests on this season yes. than we did the last. Yeah, and I think I hope people have been enjoying it. I've liked seeing other people's views and sort of geeking out with people on Annie Bill more than just us. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's like interesting to get that other view. Um so we had Matt who did the premiere episode with us. Yeah, from um, way back in February. Yeah. Um, and then we had David Trumbull, um, who did which episode did he do? He oh, had an he episode. did the one, it was the one where Georgia, Georgia was yeah. with Justin Theroux. Yes, um, and you know that kind of uh, Billy being okay with it because it meant that he could. Oh, that was like such a great. Uh, ob- was it his objection? No, I just think maybe it was his objection. It yeah, might, it was just like Billy being okay with. Georgia flirting with another guy because that gave him a free pass to yeah. with Ali. I was just like, you are a freaking genius, David. <laughs> How did you come up with that? <laughs> so that was a real standout moment. Yeah. Of the, uh, it was, was that eight? Episode eight we did with uh, David? Sounds, I don't know. Look yeah. back and find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also had Katie on from the TFGIF podcast um, who came for the Christmas episode this season um, a few episodes back and I was so pleased to have her on because I've been talking to her for nearly a year now on the Lady Pod Squad Slack channel um, and she one of the first things she said to me when she found out that we did an Ali McBeal podcast was like oh my god I literally watch the Ali McBeal <laughs> Christmas episodes every Christmas me and my whole family do we're obsessed with them and I was like well you have to come on for the next time we do a Christmas episode yeah. so this has kind of been like a whole year in the making yeah and um, so I was really pleased to have her on um as the unofficial Ali McBeal Christmas expert and our long um, lost sister yeah because her surname's Parker as well which is uh, <laughs> funny no she was great great guest yeah so I've loved our guests and I'm looking forward to future guests that we're getting lined up at the moment for the rest of the season. So mm-hmm. that'll be good. Yeah. And I hope you guys have been enjoying them too. Um, the other thing that we've done is we've also been a guest on uh, Jodgecast podcast. Yeah. Which is a podcast about TV and movies and they do a series called State of the Sitcom and they asked us if we would want to guest on an episode of that series and asked us to choose a sitcom to talk about and we chose Blackadder I think without like I don't think we spent any time mulling it over I think both our first choice we were just like Blackadder it's got to be Blackadder yeah like it's slack bladder slack bladder (laughs) yeah it's like it was just such an obvious choice I think for both of us yeah because we've it's another one of those shows that we both watched avidly when we were quite young and yes. it was on TV um, and have a lot of opinions about. Yeah, <laughs> so, opinions and love for. Yeah, so that's a really good episode to check out if you want us to hear us talk about things other than Animobile. <laughs> we do talk about other things other than Animobile sometimes. It's we not can do the it. Only, it's not the only defining characteristic of our personalities. <laughs> 
Um, talking of talking about other things other than Annie McBeal, the other major thing that's happened in the last six months is that I've cheated on Eleanor and started another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Eleanor's so upset she won't even <sighs> listen to it. <laughs> But it's a podcast called Pod Appetite, yeah, which is... I refuse, je refuse to <laughs> listen. <laughs> so if you are interested, uh, then uh, I don't know, close your ears for a minute. <laughs> this is like talking about your girlfriend in front of your wife. <laughs> Guys, I don't know if you've met my girlfriend, but she's really hot. Uh, my wife is also hot, but I really like my girlfriend. <laughs> she's so new and exciting. <laughs> so pod appetite, though, in all seriousness, it's super fun. I'm basically it got cooked up by me and three other ladies who also run other podcasts and are on a part of the Lady Pod Squad network. So me, Justine from the Cutaways podcast, Meg from Indoors Women podcast, and Amanda, who has about 12 other podcasts as well. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> she, um, uh, we all love the Bon Appetit YouTube channel. Um, and if you don't know about that, Bon Appetit is a food magazine in the States. And about five years ago, they started really getting into um, YouTube as another way to kind of promote their cooking and their content. Um, and, uh, about three years ago, I think it was, maybe it was a bit longer. Um, they started making that channel less kind of functional and just like demonstrating recipes and more personality led. So showing the chefs a lot more and their personality and their kind of what it's like to work at the test kitchen in the, their offices in New York. Um, and there's some just really lovely, fun characters on there and everyone's kind of a little bit, it's a bit like the office, but with food (laughs) and cooking food. (laughs) (laughs) but they're all but real life obviously because it's a real working kind of kitchen um and it's just really fun and it's got this whole kind of meme culture around it if you actually watch the youtube channel there's a lot of like meme accounts about it on um twitter and instagram and that kind of thing and we would all talk about whenever they dropped a new video we'd talk about it on the lady pod squad slack and be like oh my god did you see the latest video wasn't it so funny when oh i would love to make this blah, 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 all that kind of stuff and then at one point i think it was me that was like someone should do a podcast about this and then we were all like wait a minute wait a minute we <laughs> are all <laughs> podcasters we could do that um, and it kind of started at the, as this kind of semi-serious joke like sure we'll make a podcast oh maybe I'll try making a recipe of theirs and recording it and see what happens no pressure no pressure that was like the byline the whole time like <laughs> no, no pressure, pressure. <laughs> and then now it turns out that we're actually doing it and it's a thing um and uh we've got I think by the time you hear this, we'll have certainly had two episodes out, maybe three. Um, so if you're into cooking, if you know of the Bon Appetit YouTube channel, or even if you don't, I think you might enjoy it because it's super fun. Um, so yeah, I'll stop talking about that now. Anyway. <laughs> Regardless of girlfriends or other people that we may be seeing on the side bygones has been a joy this season so far and i hope you have enjoyed it as well (laughs) continues to be my first love thank god (laughs) obviously though obviously Obviously. (laughs) um so shall we crack into some mailbag yeah questions 
from our patrons. Thank yes. you, patrons, for sending in your questions. It's always appreciated. Um, I must say up front that by far and away, the patron that gets the gold star for bombarding us with questions <laughs> is Benji, because all nearly 90% of the questions you'll hear today have come from him um, because he just kept thinking of more, which I am absolutely fine with. Yes. He is a patron at Renee level, so he pays us $5 a month. So basically, we'll do whatever he wants because yeah. he owns us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I am more than happy to answer his questions. And if next time you want to um ask us a question or have a question considered for the mailbag, um consider becoming a patron. You don't have to spend as much as Benji does, um, which is very generous of him. Yeah, but you absolutely, absolutely don't have to spend that much. The the small the first tier, I think, is one dollar, which is really not that much money. Um and you get to ask us as many questions as you want. So um consider that. So anyway, without further ado, cracking into the mailbag. The first question I have is from Alice. Um, Thank you, Alice, who is a former guest as well of the show. Um, She says, rewatching, you've said a lot about how much you love Nell and Ling. Same. (laughs) Is this a big change from when you watched it the first time? Yeah, I don't think I appreciated those characters the way I do now. Uh, I think um, I definitely think I was uh, young and uh, young enough and sort of uh, stupid enough to kind of fall <laughs> for that very basic writing trick of being like, this person is mean and you know this person is mean because you've got loads of characters telling you they're mean. And I think yeah. I definitely fell for that. As an 11-year-old, I definitely would have completely fallen for this uh like fake news that that yeah. they were mean characters and mean people and that but they were funny because they are involved in a lot of funny uh jokes and you know all that kind of thing within the show um, yeah so you know you have uh you have an affection for characters you know if they make you laugh enough you you will have yeah. an affection for them but yeah, definitely uh, nowhere near the same kind of appreciation for those characters then as I do now. Yeah, I would say the same. I think I was like, well, now she's a bitch. Yeah. Ice cold, stone cold bitch, because that's what they've told me. And Ling is vicious. Like those were my shorthand for those characters, purely based off of just what David E. Carey, Carey. David E. <laughs> Kelly, just saying that they were through really quite blunt like he wasn't subtle, subtle about it no it's so... like he just says it outright and also uses the audio cues like the and yeah. the you know just everyone going cold when they're near, near Nell like yeah. it's like this is but when you rewatch it through today's eyes and and as an adult I'd be curious to find out from our mum and dad actually or adults that watched it at the time whether they also read it that way yeah whether it's a whether it's a maturity thing or whether it is also a like uh sign of the times thing too if you know what I mean I don't know whether critiquing things and pulling the things that we watch and read and consume kind of apart as much as we do now existed as much in the 90s like if it did it was like 
academic well it was the, as opposed it was, to mainstream culture well it was and it was also the completely dominated by you know critics who were white old and male yeah like yeah and I feel like that is only I mean I think obviously with like the rise of the internet and social media like anyone can build themselves a platform to critique things as we have done here but it's that I thing. thank you <laughs> <laughs> but but it's that thing of like um and we are starting to see more like female film critics and things like that yeah in the mainstream but it is still widely dominated by white old male people (laughs) and I think like it's just uh but I think yeah social media means that uh voices you wouldn't hear otherwise or just Um, opinions and points that you wouldn't have noticed otherwise get amplified yeah and you you just hear different points of view from different types of people so uh, you know and I just think that that helps pull apart things and view things through you know different lenses I I just don't think that level of being to sort of dissect things I don't know whether that was was as prominent in the 90s I don't yeah I don't know I think people took things uh at face value a lot more and didn't question any deeper other than what they were being presented yes unless they happened to be someone where that experience didn't ring true but then they didn't have a way of letting other people know or pointing that out to a lot of people other than their immediate circle Mm -hmm. whereas these days if I'm watching a show so very often I will go on Twitter and see what other people have been saying about that episode of the show and see a lot of points pointed out by people who don't necessarily have a massive platform but because they've said it and hashtagged the show it's been liked and retweeted by people who agree and that opinion has kind of risen bubbled up to the surface to yeah. the kind of trending bits so when you search for that you're like oh this thing that I would never in a million of years have realized myself this is a problem because this person's pulled it out and that's then teaching me in the future to look out for the same critique in other shows do you know what I mean so it's like I really think that's one of the I mean there's a lot of downsides to social media and the internet and the way what it's become and it's certainly not a perfect thing no Um, but that's for me one of the big powers of it is that it has kind of democratized a lots of different points of views and pointed out to people outside of their own experience other things that they wouldn't have noticed and are now continuing to notice yeah and I just don't think that was as easily available to most people in something in in like the 90s and and previously because literally what you'd watch it with your family and then maybe talk about it by the water cooler like the next day at work you're you're still gonna be very much in your own bubble and although the internet existed it was I mean I remember an Annie McBeal was one of the early shows that did have an internet present in in terms of there were like GeoCities fan sites about Callista <laughs> but I think there weren't it it was still there just wasn't the representation on the no. of people using the internet that there is today because now it's something that's accessible to 
most vast swathes of the yeah. majority of the population in a way that it just wasn't in the 90s so although you could say well there were like fan forums where people could point out stuff like I wouldn't say that those were forums that were necessarily accessible to people yes. that would point out the problems with it yes completely completely so yeah good question Alice and thank you for asking so now we're coming on to Benji's like case of questions okay. so <laughs> <His> file. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like plopped it down and gone right. Um, so I have he, he said, first of all, I'm so happy to have come across this podcast. Annie McBeal was the first time I got to indulge my gay interests as a closeted teenager. Even though the show never hugely featured gay storylines, it was the first time I experienced a smart. Okay, a lot of these adjectives are redundant in Ali's case. Now I'm rewatching with fresh eyes, but a smart, successful, and funny female lead with all kinds of character dynamics so it was almost like an outlet for me whilst I was pretending to enjoy match of the day with my friends you two are both such engaging hosts as well really funny and intelligent and your commentary is always so on point so yeah a relatively new but huge fan of the podcast so I just wanted to say thank you you to Benji first for that because that means a lot to us we're really we do try to be intelligent (laughs) and funny (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't say we necessarily (laughs) yeah try really hard (laughs) (laughs) Um, but his questions he then goes on to say is um, number one how much has Billy annoyed you so far this season (laughs) well he's always annoying I think uh, like we've said because Ling and and Nell are are, um, been introduced this season like Mm. a lot of room has been carved out for for you know the audience to get to know these characters and include them in you know and to sort of integrate them into the 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 show um and as a result that means less time has been given to you know people like Billy and Georgia and Elaine and stuff um and Renee um but uh, and I think because of that like <laughs> he's annoyed me certainly this first half of the season he's not annoyed me as as much as he did like last season yeah I feel like I haven't seen him yeah simply because he's not in it as much as he was now yeah what what's coming in this next half of the season may be like no he's yeah no still right up there (laughs) like he's just as annoying as ever that's the thing is whenever he is in the show more like he really annoys me I'm like oh my god you're such an arsehole (laughs) it's like when he just turned up in Bria's hospital room for no reason I was like what the fuck are you doing here fuck off but do you remember I got really annoyed that he took over the eulogy from Whipper at like yeah I was like fuck off Billy I I know that you've got daddy issues I have to say like I haven't noticed Billy he's been almost redundant for most of this season which has been a blessed relief (laughs) but he has done the thing that has most annoyed me so far which is the mistletoe kiss in this half of the season so no matter how annoying he was in season one and don't get me wrong he annoyed the shit out of me he at least didn't go so far as to kiss Ali and pretend it was all because of mistletoe yeah and so that for me was like his biggest offense so far 
Um, and I know it's been a combination of building up to it through all of the stuff in season one. So it didn't just come out of nowhere, but it's like, so for me, this half of the season, Billy's been kind of like almost dormant. And then suddenly it was like this big spike of rage at like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like uh, a cancer that grows. <laughs> I know. know. <laughs> and he shows up on a scan and you're like, fuck off. Yeah, there's no <laughs> symptoms being shown. And then it's like, all of a sudden it's like, it's terminal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. him out. <laughs> he really is the worst. He we is. do need to cut him out. So number two, do you agree that they softened and underutilized Georgia in this half of the season after being such a presence in season one I'd say 100% yeah I mean uh softens actually quite an interesting word like to use because I don't yeah. think she's I think she's hardened in the first season as, a, as yeah. a person and in this season like she's really like uh, she's prickly like she's really not a nice person like her only function has been to get jealous and like um possessive over billy and to um be pissed off at Nell. like that's all she's done all season yeah apart from remember that she used to fancy justin through which was the best thing about georgia this half of the season yeah like um but yeah and it's an it's the thing that makes me most upset about this season apart from the treatment of Nell and Ning it's almost like a byproduct of that was to throw Georgia under the bus yeah completely completely and I just don't think it needed to have been done that way it's such a weird uh, uh, yeah just and I think it has to just come back to this whole like ugly untrue stereotype of like women just can't like get along like you put enough women together and inevitably they're all gonna hate each other and be catty with each other and like it it just yeah it's really uh, it's, it's the only explanation like to me as to why that's been done it's yeah. just it's not very nice it's really it's actually offensive it's yeah. you know it's it's upsetting and it reinforces society's narrative about women or what the society's narrative has been about women for yeah. centuries and it's just not true yeah. it just isn't true um and it's to divide and conquer us guys that's the whole yeah. patriarchy's uh, exactly intent because actually like a women like when we get together and we work together like achieve amazing things like totally and and I think like that's why this narrative has sprung up like uh this stereotype exists is to to make sure to try and stop that from ever happening like yeah that's my conspiracy theory for the day (laughs) I agree no I agree totally because they know that if they did kind of encourage that yeah you know the patriarchy's in under threat isn't it yeah yeah so So, fuck that narrative fuck that narrative yeah (laughs) i feel like that about most of the narrative (laughs) fuck that narrative fuck that narrative fuck that narrative (laughs) so number three 
do you feel Ali has had any kind of merit so far or has she just been completely irritating? (laughs) (laughs) Now, this, uh, she she had her finest hour um, in episode 12. Season two. She, uh, yeah, in season two, where she (laughs) tore apart that guy who was... uh, trying to annul his marriage yes like that was oh wonderful Useful. really <laughs> really great like wanted uh just ticket tape parade for ali there like just so yeah. good how yeah. dare you live you giant ass yeah it was wonderful it was so good and I like it when she's like that like another time she was kind of like that was when she got arrested for her short skirts I really enjoyed her attitude there because she didn't like kowtow which is what Billy wanted her to do she was like fuck you fuck you all yeah but then it's interesting because it's like it's coupled with so we've got these great moments coupled with her worst moment this season where Mm. she did completely kowtow to the dj the the shock jock dj um oh. where she went on his pride yeah seriously nothing thus far on ali mcveal has made me feel physically sick and not even billy kissing ali <laughs> oh it was just so gross it was just it disgusting. was disgusting yeah it was like watching her cozy up to like a giant oozing slug it was it was just gross and I just Ugh. like I don't know what you think you're trying to prove with this at all. Like I don't well, she was trying to prove that she was like one of the lads. It was like nineties feminism. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you can't beat them, like, join cool them. Cool girl, cool girl. Like have you ever read Gone Girl? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That she has that whole like Yes. Um big paragraph about cool girls. Yeah, um, yeah. And I just think it's amazing. Like, and it is totally uh, sort of comes from, yeah, this 90s place of like, I can be one of the lads. Like, yeah. And it's like uh, not seeing how damaging that is to the yeah. wider cause. Completely. Uh. Um, I would say that also the other bit of merit that I've seen from Ali this season in which she's shown some kind of growth is her attitude towards Elaine yeah because I loved that scene in the the Thanksgiving episode where I think Elaine had it was the pregnancy was that the pregnancy dress episode she had some kind of ridiculous invention and instead of like being mean about her or catty about her or like dressing her down she just took her to one side and was like what's going on and like listened to her yeah and she told her that she'd broken up with George. John Ritter. Is it George? Was that his name? <laughs> yeah, George. Yeah. yeah, George, like the wonder of all men. <laughs> Again, one of those things that David E. Kelly just said and expected us to swallow. And it was like, mm, really? Fuck <laughs> that narrative. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Elaine was upset about that. But instead of like, um, and she did have that one moment where she was like, you've broken up. But oh, then no. she checked herself and was like, come to mind <laughs> really for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but that just shows growth and self-awareness because we're not immediately bad and then suddenly perfect. No. We still have missteps, but the important thing is is that you stay aware and you catch them and you reel them back in and behave appropriately. And I feel like that's what she did there. She did slip into her old ways, but she caught herself and she said 
no, who needs my attention right now is Elaine. She's my friend. And I'm going to invite her to Thanksgiving so that she's not alone. Yeah. And I'm, she was just really nice to her all episode. And at the end, her and Renee, I think it was, they had their little menage a trois. Because I think that was the episode where Elaine kissed her to try and get rid of Fitzy or yes. something, wasn't it, yes. as well. Um, but they had their little, like, dancing at the end, like, a th- you know, three-way dancing and, like, joking and, like, being nice to each other. And I just was like, this wouldn't have happened in season one. No. No. So I really like that for Mally as well. Yeah. Um, because I love Elaine and I hate when anyone is nasty to her. But then we also have like moments like her using Elaine to get rid of men she doesn't want to have honest conversations with. I feel like she's using anyone she can get her hands on yeah. when that happens. Like it's not just Elaine, it's just Elaine happens to be there yeah. a lot of the time. And she's like, <laughs> Can you just But yeah, she's um that's not cool. And also, like, <laughs> her, like, lording it over Georgia when in that episode with Justin Theroux. Where oh, she, yeah. she doesn't, like, yeah, and, and she isn't um, very empathetic, which is, yeah, like we pointed out at the time, very strange thing to, d- like, do, like, considering her history with Billy and Georgia, it's just very strange that she didn't use that as a way of being a good friend to Georgia rather than yeah yeah so one step forward one step back (laughs) at least it's not one step forward two steps back yeah yeah she's just static She's just trying to. Like water. last season, last season she was going backwards. At least now she's like staying still. <laughs> she's maintaining. Yeah. Maybe at some point she'll start moving forward. <laughs> Who knows? Um so Benji's next question is um overall, who would you say is your favourite character up to this point? I think it's now. I think it now? might be now. Okay. Why? Yeah. Well, she's just the whole package, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> she's got everything. Yeah, and the fact that she is so, um, yeah, like uh, misunderstood or like subject to a smear campaign for some unknown reason, like yeah, makes it yeah. I I I feel like it, it's she gets really sort of unfair treatment and uh even by the people who you know like her the most yeah um and I just yeah like she's she's yeah she's queen of the show for me yeah I would agree I think Nell is my favorite not just because she she's got that kind of underdog thing of like the show's trying to present her to be one thing when she's so clearly not that thing which it makes me want to root for her but also because you know even if they weren't doing that she's the nicest person in the show she's sometimes very often the smartest person in the show Mm. that's talking the most sense yeah um apart from maybe Renee sometimes but even Renee has her moments um and and she's like beautiful to watch and I just you know, I just love everything. There's no like thing where I'm like, I don't like that bit of her personality. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. she's just really good. She's a good friend to Ling. Yeah. Um, she's kind. 
Um, she's funny. She's so deadpan funny. Yeah. Yeah. I just think like half the people at Cajun Fish don't understand her sense of humour. Yeah. But that makes it funnier well, <laughs> in a I way. I almost think like they they can't believe that she is funny. Like they don't expect yeah. a woman that looks like now to be funny. So when she yes. says something funny, they're like, what's going on? What? Like they're like <laughs> really confused by it. Like, yeah. the, it, they're, like they're thrown by the fact that she has a sense of humour to the yeah. point where they don't even recognize it as her sense of humor yeah like it, it's just it's really they're like what's the ulterior motive here because <laughs> yeah, like... it can't be just that you're funny like <laughs> what are you doing well, you're no, trying to like... get on with billy like no <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> wait what <laughs> They're just like so confused, no, and that just makes it even funnier confused. as the audience. Yeah, completely. Like, uh, but yeah, I'd say yeah. Now, uh, and Ling is is fun to watch, um, but there is like there are problems with not only the way that character is portrayed in regards to the way they treat her race, but yes. also the opinions that Ling holds about a lot of things makes her not my favourite. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to dock Ling for the fact that the show has portrayed her wrongly because that's not her fault as no. a character. I know she's not a real person. But you know what I mean? Like, that's not her fault. That's the show's fault. That's David E. Kelly's fault, more to the point. Yeah. Um, but I would say even without that, like I don't agree with her a lot of the time on yeah. some of the stuff she says yeah. but and I do think she's a victim of her own time yeah like the 90s a lot of the time is this 90s feminism thing sometimes she comes out with tinges of that um but yeah it just makes me not I can't like as you say I can't have her as my favorite when I'm like everything that Nell says I'm like yes, <laughs> yes <laughs> <you know what laughs> <I mean? laughs> completely completely yeah so yeah, I think that was an easy question, which is funny because I think if they'd asked it last season, I don't know, I think I would have struggled to pick a favorite yeah. character. Probably Georgia, to be honest, but she's really not anymore. Yeah. Um, so Benji continues with more questions. So he says, I really like when Georgia and Ali are getting on. It's always felt convincing that they were friends and I feel Georgia is a positive influence. Just felt a bit left field when Ali says earlier about Nell, look on the bright side, she's bringing you and I closer together. Do you think Georgia genuinely means something to Ali or is Ali just trying to be mature and tolerate her ex's wife? Because Ali says that to Georgia, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah because when Nell is, says something, I think it's when Nell makes a comment about, let me see if Billy's free for the party. Yeah. And then she walks off and Georgia's like looking pissed off and Ali just says look on the bright side she's bringing you and I closer together yeah I remember that (sighs) yeah it's a weird kind of again it's a it feels to me a little bit like that thing of David E. Kelly kind of jumping around a little bit with the like where the characters are emotionally and sometimes that has occurred because uh you know well we've suspected it's occurred because of like for instance um was it phil leeds his death yeah they had to to reorder yeah um episodes but i think yeah sometimes he's like david e kelly kind of 
for for convenience of a joke or convenience of a plot in a certain episode he will like take his characters back to an emotional place that they've since should really have grown past or or in previous episodes appeared to have grown past and yeah. i feel like sometimes he's like ah oh, but i just want to kind of amp up that part of their dynamic more for the sake of this joke or this plot or whatever yeah and, and sometimes sometimes that works but sometimes it, it it feels a bit off and a bit weird that a character would say that when they've been through so much already yeah and I feel like in that particular instance I feel like yeah that's a case of bad writing <laughs> yeah but I think if you th- think about the question just generally rather than just about that scene I think George is an interesting development in Ali's life because I think when they first met Ali probably in her head would be like my life would be so much better if you just didn't exist or you weren't around Mm. Um, because she would have met Billy and they would have reconnected and it would all, you know, potentially have been happily ever after. So there's been like her, I guess, monkey brain as as like her like... um, it. what do you call it you're like your lizard brain or whatever it is like the basest instincts in you yeah. is just like I resent you for even existing yeah but I think the problem is is that Georgia is a nice person and Ali does like her and if she wasn't married to Billy they would have just been friends and it would have been fine if they'd met under other circumstances so I think that part of her brain that is more mature and understands that is constantly fighting with the id or whatever you want to call it, like yeah. the lizard brain that's like, but I just want to be with Billy. But I just want now, what I want, yeah. So I think that's how their relationship started, which is a very complex basis on which to start a relationship. Yeah. But I, I do think over time, especially towards uh, the end of season one and the beginning of season two, certainly after Georgia gave them their ultimatum and was like, cut out this bullshit, mm. like either sleep together or stop it do you know what I mean Mm. just just this cannot carry on this way and they kind of stopped relying on each other so much emotionally her and Billy I think that caused their relationship to grow at the end of season one and it ended season one in a really lovely place Mm. but season two we haven't seen that blossom further because the show's dedicated so much airtime to this Ling Nell business Mm. and introducing them as characters so but also wasn't it um in season two where Ali realized that yes Billy midway through yeah left her for Georgia yeah and I think that has um had an impact yes on Georgia and Ali's relationship which isn't Georgia's fault that that happened but she did it's implied, I don't think they explicitly state, but it's definitely implied that Georgia has known that that was the case the whole time. I, and uh, it hasn't told Ali. Well, I think, didn't we discuss this at the time? We think it probably happened because bef- when Georgia first met Ali, yeah. she 
uh, was just like, oh, you went, like, was under the impression. He told that, me that you were just a date or yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, like, went on a couple of dates with Ali. Yeah. And not that he had this full-blown relationship. Yeah. So, yeah, so at some point. I think that was the, the point at which Georgia put two and two together. Yes. But just didn't tell Ali. And I can understand why she wouldn't tell Ali because it's a horrible thing to have to tell someone. And actually it's not her fault that that happened. Like yeah. Billy should be the one to tell her that if yeah, anyone's going to tell her. Um, so, so, you know, I don't blame Georgia for what happened, no. but that would have obviously have taken, I, I can understand after Ali figured that out, that she'd take a step back from friendship with Georgia because, you know, you'd feel a little betrayed. You I would, guess. you'd feel like, why didn't you tell me? Like, at some yeah. point, like, why have I had to figure this out myself? So, in answer to Benji's question, I think Georgia was growing to genuinely mean something, like, be a really good friend of Ali's and someone that she really cared about, certainly at the end of season one, beginning of season two. And then, I think, since she found that out, she's called off on it a bit to protect herself and, I guess... But I, I, I think she's also what, trying to be mature about it. So she doesn't want to cause a big... She's not had a big blowout with her about it. No. She's just kind of like, okay, okay, fine. Like, that well, is what I, it is. I think it's that thing of, like, she's realised that right now, uh, the situation yeah. that Georgia is in, um, Georgia is always going to be Billy's wife first yeah. and Ali's friend yeah. second. Yeah. So, you know, their friendships had to evolve and yeah. that is just sad, but sometimes that's what hap- that is what happens. Yeah. So, I do think Georgia is someone that certainly at one point was someone that Ali considered someone she really cared about and was a really good friend. And I think she still does care about her. I just think she's taken a step back to protect herself a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, except now Billy, of course, is blowing that all wide open again. Yes. Being the douchebag that he is. Yeah. Completely. Billy and mistletoe. (laughs) (laughs) So Benji's next question is, who do you think actually appreciates Elaine and recognises her value as a friend and colleague? To me, she doesn't really seem to be taken seriously until season five, but I think she's amazing. And despite often being Ali's biggest supporter, the feeling doesn't always seem reciprocated. That's fair. Um, yeah. I think John appreciates Elaine. Yeah, I think he he does. He doesn't snap at her in the same way that Ali does for no reason. Do you or know Richard. what I mean? Richard snaps or Richard. Or Richard. Like she's often the kind of kicking ball for Richard and Ali and even like Georgia and Nell to a certain extent mm. as well. Mm. Um, but John, I've never seen him treat her in quite that way. And in fact, he often relies on her for emotional support as well yeah. like they'll often have heart to hearts together and and some of that is Elaine like pushing her way in to yeah. be that person for him but he I think he does appreciate it yeah I think yeah. he recognizes her value in that regard yeah. no I I agree I just keep going back to the this the last conversation we saw them had when he was like why are you so happy when you are so alone <laughs> <laughs> like, but I so don't rude. think that was 
Uh, yeah, it is rude, but I don't think he realised. I didn't read it as him realising how rude that was. Yeah. I think he was asking genuinely out of curiosity and naivety, I suppose, as to like whether she would take it that badly. Yeah. I just don't think he had any awareness of how that sounded coming out of his mouth. Yes. Yeah. And like when he saw her reaction, he was probably a bit like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't have. You know when you ask a question and then you're like, oh no, that sounds awful. I didn't mean it like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, completely. Completely. So I think he meant it as like part of a heart to heart, not part of a like diss towards her yeah yeah no i think that's i think that's fair (laughs) don't think there's anyone other than john i can't really think of anyone that appreciates the name no i think that's just it that's quite sad poor elaine but you know elaine is quite a sad character she is you're right certainly at this time in her life Yeah. yeah um okay so um Benji then says, are there any particular episodes from the rest of the series that you still remember and why? Oh, <laughs> we tried to do no spoilers on here, but there's oh, obviously an... <laughs> yeah. There's only... There's definitely an episode next season that is a big episode and anybody who's watched it yeah, will know no, what we're I, talking yeah, about. That, that's the one I want to say, but it, if I say it's the one where, uh-uh, uh-uh, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For anyone that hasn't seen it, that's that ruined. Um, yeah, so, so I'm yeah. not going to say it, but you'll know what we mean. <laughs> yeah, if you've seen Ali and Peele and you remember it, you know the one we mean. Uh, and... I think also there's a there's a musical episode... That happens. Is there a Do you remember that? Episode? Yes. Don't remember that. Don't remember yes. that. Yes. I think that's from season three. Uh, I, I, my memory, Benji, seriously, is so bad. Like, uh, I cannot... Oh, I'm, have, I'm gonna have to think. I'm generally... I'm, I'm not picking up particular episodes, but generally I'm looking forward to when Robert Downey Jr. joins the cast yeah. in season four. Yeah. Because that'll be really fun. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, episodes where, uh, or the episode where um, Barry White guests on it. When they start having musical guest stars. Yeah. yeah. Because doesn't Sting guest? Yeah, and Al Green as well comes in. Yeah. Um, They have quite a few, don't they? They do. And I can kind of remember some of the randomness from season five which will be so fucking hilarious to get to because there's Dame Edna Everidge joins the cast, which when you think about it now, if you were sat watching season two and someone said to you, in three years, guess who joins the cast? You'd be like, what? (laughs) Um, And yeah, and obviously John Bon Jovi as well. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. So yeah, it's not so much specific episodes or plot lines. It's more like that era. I'm like looking forward to seeing my reaction to it, having rewatched it in real time. Yeah. Because it's like, I'll have had the same amount of time to build up to it as we did when we were watching it the first time. And it's like, will it make sense? Will I be like, (laughs) sure, fine. Or will I be like, what the fuck? I'm pretty sure we were like, what the fuck at the time? Yeah. But I, I, yeah, it'll be funny. It will be, it will be. No, I'm the same. I'm not great with remembering specific episodes. 
Um, but yeah, more kind of eras of of the show when different when people... When we rewatch it, it all comes flooding back. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like when you put us on the spot, it's like, what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's, yeah. And it's um, funny because I've been doing these behind the scenes um, Instagram stories on our Instagram account for, um, I've done two now. I did one in the episode nine I think it was of this season and then I did another one in the batch we're about to record about um and uh it's funny because at the beginning of those I'm either like oh yeah I remember this episode or I'm like I really don't remember what this (laughs) one is and then when I start watching it I'm like oh yeah I remember yeah Yeah. okay that makes sense do you know what I mean (laughs) no completely completely no I'm the same okay so Benji's next question is who do you think overall showed a better understanding of female relationships and the female psyche David E. Kelly or Mark Cherry who was the showrunner on Desperate Housewives and he says accusations from Nicolette Sheridan notwithstanding did you watch Desperate Housewives oh I watched like the really early seasons um, but I didn't watch it all the way to the end. Uh, yeah, okay. I I think I did because it started, it kept going. Did it finish or keep going when I was in New York? I can't remember. But I don't yeah. know. But yeah. I, I only watched like maybe, I used to watch it with mum actually quite a lot. Uh, I'm trying yeah, to Yeah, because I was at uni for a lot of it. So I used yeah. to watch it at uni. So I think maybe the first three seasons I watched yeah. but I can't remember it that well I couldn't someone is there a murder mystery in it yeah someone yeah, dies yeah. that's the whole point yeah. because the narrator is the lady who died, who died and like what happened right. yeah was she murdered or did she die of natural causes I think she was murdered and that was the whole point of the yeah, series wasn't this it was like yeah um but yeah. I mean I would Put it this way. To, I would have to 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 give like a a fair, um, you know, opinion or a, at least an informed opinion. I would have to rewatch it because it's been so long since I I saw. I only watched it when it first came out over here in the UK, and yeah. I've never rewatched it. So yeah. I don't know how long ago that would have been, like ten years ago. Yeah. And I mean, I, I really don't know. I'm the same as you. So my reaction is just coming off of what I remember. But and then based on the fact that David E. Kelly's stuff is more fresh in my mind because we're in the middle of rewatching. But um, have you been watching Big Little Lies? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. It's just really, isn't it funny to see David E. Kelly's like evolution as a writer? Yes, it is. Because so, I'm like, this is this the same guy? But you've got to remember that this is based on a novel by a, who's written by a woman. Yeah, and, I guess and that helps. She was, and she was a writer, um, certainly on the first season. I think she developed the plot for the second season with yeah. David E. Kelly. Um, yeah. But, but it's like, it's a different person yeah. running the show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It just shows what an influence that's had on him, for sure. Though, saying that, there, there are moments, certainly in the second season, that I was like, mm, not that, that smacks of like old David E. Kelly right. writing. I don't know if I've got to those yet, because I'm not, 
up to date on the second season. No. But um, I've only just started watching it. Okay. But it's just funny. From the first season, I just kept... Every time I saw his name in the credits, I'd be like... What? It's like, <laughs> that's not compute. Like, they don't share any DNA. Do you no. know what I mean? Like... No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh... So I would say... Generally speaking, in answer to Bendy's question, um, David E. Kelly, for me, shows almost no understanding of female relationships <laughs> yeah. and the female psyche, certainly based <laughs> off of Ali McBeal. Um, Mark Cherry and what I remember of Desperate Housewives, I haven't seen any other shows that he's done, um, but I do remember, and again, maybe it was a product of the time because that was like 10 years later, but it seems to portray women somewhat more accurately in that they yeah they had their like little feuds or whatever between them but in the end they all banded together and it also showed like different experiences of being a housewife so there was like Brie who was super buttoned up like wanted to be like the perfect Stepford wife and then there was Terry Hatcher who was just like a single mom and then there was um oh who's the lady who played her William H Macy's wife Oh, Felicity um, Lynn. Yeah, Lynn. The yeah. character was called Lynn. She was like this, like, run ragged, used to be a career woman, had to give it all up because she's got four boys and, like, yeah. you know, trying to, like, but still super smart and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Gabby, like, the trophy wife. Like, yes. you know, um, I know they're all stereotypes That's a certain the thing, degree. They are all based on, on stereotypes, but... But he, I feel like those characters got rounded enough so that they became more than just their stereotype over time. I mean, I can't. This is this is the my issue is I can't remember it well enough to yeah. to really compare. Uh, yeah, and I would say the big caveat of my memory of that is the fact that it's a memory from like fifteen years exactly, ago, exactly, or tw- yeah. uh, ten years ago, However or whenever it came. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I agree. I'd have to rewatch it, but my instinct is to say that Mark Cherry's got it closer. demonstrated a better understanding yeah. than David E. Kelly because David E. Kelly had nothing. So <laughs> if you could just add a little more than that, then you've won. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Okay, so next question. Uh, it's, it's Benji's penultimate question, um, is LJ is clearly a huge fan of Celine Dion and with bloody good reason. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Eleanor's equivalent? Oh, God. Um, probably Beyonce. I would say I am a big fan of Celine Dion um, and I did go and I think I mentioned a few episodes ago that I was debating whether I was going to go and see her in Hyde Park and I did end up going um, and it was one of the best concerts of my entire life. It was just wonderful. Um, But she's not my favourite favourite, ultimate favourite. I would say Beyonce is my ultimate favourite. Yeah. But Celine Dion's wonderful. I love all the divas, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I I don't really... uh... Like, you've seen Beyonce live, whereas I don't like... More than once. More than once, yeah. <laughs> whereas I, I've i never seen... I think the last person I saw... Oh, Whitney Houston, I saw live with you, yeah. which was like years ago. Oh, that was just before she died. I know. It makes me so sad. It was sad. Um, but like, yeah, I... I yeah, I think Beyonce is my favourite. You'll have to come. Next time she's playing, we'll go. It's one of those things where I'm just not into concerts. 
I just don't think I'd like it. Did you not like when we went to see... I mean, I know Whitney Houston wasn't at her best, but did you not enjoy seeing her? Um, well, we are so far away. It's like, it's yeah, like, I think there's a difference between it, standing yeah, and sitting. Yeah, and yeah. it's that thing of, like, I, I don't like really loud music. I really don't like it. And it, it, it makes me feel ill. Um, mm. like, uh, so I, I'm not a big live music person. I'd much rather watch, like, I loved watching Homecoming, like Beyonce. Right. Uh, like, I love watching Watch that. a concert DVD or something. Exactly. Like, I love watching yeah. that stuff. Um, but I just don't know whether I'd, I'd enjoy a whole live concert I think you need to come to one to know yeah, because I think probably. Whitney Houston's not a good representation because she wasn't at her best. We had nosebleed seats. It wasn't yeah. the best concert experience. I think you have to pick someone who you know you're going to love all their songs. So yeah. someone like Beyonce and get tickets that are closer. <laughs> and then, um, and someone that puts on a good show. So like there are bands that will just, or performers will do that and like it'll be, like just them on a stage whereas Beyonce for example yeah, will put a on a whole like yeah. experience yeah. and it's just like oh my god and it's like the most exciting thing in the entire world yeah so um, yeah no I think, I think if, yeah. if, if I'm gonna see anyone live it would be Beyonce definitely yeah. okay well I'll see if I can convince you to come next time she plays okay because <laughs> <laughs> um so uh finally which Madonna song would you most like Vonda to cover which Madonna song? Yeah, Benji's a big Madonna fan. Okay. Uh, 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 Vonda. Uh, I'm, trying I'm to just think. trying to picture Vonda and Madonna songs. I know, songs. it's so, it's difficult. What she'd be good at. <laughs> Die um. another day. <laughs> <laughs> I like that song. I like that song, but I, Vonda couldn't do it. <laughs> do you know what? I think Vonda could do Frozen. I think she could yeah. do a really lovely just piano version of Frozen. Yeah. If I could melt your heart. Your heart. Um, and what else could she do? I think she'd do good with some of her like country inspired songs. So like um music or um don't tell me tell me nothing true there's nothing that we do i don't know the words <laughs> oh, no, I, I can like that hear one. it in my head i like that yeah one. yeah i like or that like, one too um, did i love profusion i don't know that one. Oh, i do i do i do i do i do i do, I do. Yeah. yeah 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 um that would be good um i went to uh, a couple of months ago um at a club near me or a bar near me they had a Madonna-thon which was so fun like they just played Madonna all night and it was like and then at the end they played just like a prayer and everyone was like it was just full of gay men and like uh women and who who were just like oh my god and when Vogue came on it was just wonderful because everyone was like come on Vogue like doing all the voguing and it was just like I've never been anywhere like it it was just so joyful Um, it was really fun yeah Yeah. it was in this it's this old like it used to be a working man's club so it's not like a big venue it's like a small like little working man's bar but they put like um 
uh it's a bit like you know like phoenix nights where they had like yeah. the like gold like yes, tinsel uh, like it's all like that's like the decor <laughs> yeah. um so it's like really funny um but like it's all these hipsters go there in hackney so it's just really fun um and they do things like comedy nights and like just have it as a regular bar but yeah they did this madonathon i think it was the one of the may bank holidays and it was a really warm one of the first really warm evenings yeah so we were all just there we'd i'd made dinner at my place and then we all went out after so we didn't get there till like 11 yeah. and it was only on till like one but it was like two hours of just dancing to madonna <laughs> amazing that sounds great it was really fun yeah yeah so yeah i think we answered your question benji thank you so much for all of your questions it was he kept apologizing every time he sent more because he was like i'm sorry if this is too much i'm sorry i'm sorry and i was like it's not too much it's never too much you <laughs> pay us money we answer your questions that's how it works <laughs> so um yeah so the final question isn't actually a question it's just a comment from david who is another former guest of the show oh, yeah. and a patron he says hi okay so this may not be so much of a question but regarding billy's cheap trick with the mistletoe and all of the resurfacing of he and ali's flirtation in the last few episodes i just wanted to say i fucking called it steve <laughs> who is his twin brother yes. steve thought i was mad that i was reaching during my billy butthurt rant ah! said i was trying to make a conspiracy out of nothing but i called it i nailed him i fucking nailed him um that's all love by gods bye <laughs> I agree. David did an amazing job when he guessed it on our episode. He got right under the hood of the whole thing and diagnosed the problem. Yeah, no, he called it. He totally called it. Yeah. If we had a medal for you, David, we would produce it and send it to you in the post. But we don't. So we won't. But we don't. (laughs) (laughs) Just know that we agree with you. (laughs) Vindicated! Exactly. So as well as questions, we've had a lot of correspondence from people throughout the season, which we actively encourage. Um, So we've had a few emails from people. We've had Instagram DMs, Twitter responses, all that kind of stuff, um, which I love uh to hear from you guys we both do yeah um so if you have anything you ever want to share at any time you do not have to wait for a mailbag episode you can contact us on any of our social media platforms just search for bygones on any of them i'm sure will pop up um so um i guess the general themes of a lot of your comments uh this uh season so far is that i think um a lot of you agreed that we didn't you didn't like the racism that they put sort of portray against Ling and that doesn't read so well with today's um eyes on yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) we do have eyes on that and we do not like it um I think um there are a couple of episodes that people pointed out as favorites so I think Zach emailed us to tell him he really liked the episode in dreams yeah um which I think was a really sweet episode with Bria Tolson um which we've just covered um Benji emailed us to tell him that he loved the It's My Party um, episode, the one where Ali gets, um, yeah, the one where Ali gets put in jail for having short skirts and then they have that party with everybody. Billy has a Um, hissy fit. 
Yes. Um, and I think we've said as well, like um, one of the moments where Ali's show merit is in that episode where yes. she sort of stands up for herself over her skirts. So there's, um, I agree. I think there's something really uplifting about when everyone at Cajun Fish just kind of teams up to support each other. And that was one of those moments. Um, uh, Benji also mentioned that he didn't like how John Ritter is made out to be this like amazing heartthrob either, <laughs> which I think is one of the great mysteries of season two so far. Like, I don't understand. I mean, Did John Ritter just have a really good agent that was like, he'll be in your show, but only if he's the guy, like yeah. the guy. <laughs> you really have to lay it on thick how hot he is. Like, yeah, that's really strange. Really weird. Really weird. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to read out this one quote from one of Benji's emails where he said, this, finally, that it's my party episode, it's the first episode to me where Billy shows what an insufferable twat he is. I found him mostly annoying through season one, but he definitely ups his cunt energy in this episode. <laughs> and I'm not sure it ever lets up all season. <laughs> and I was just like, yes. Yes. I agree. Hard agree. <laughs> yeah. Oh my Hard God. agree. Um, so yeah, thanks for all of your emails and all of the questions from our patrons. Please keep sending them in because A, it lets us know that people are actually listening and B, <laughs> um, it's fun to answer for it you is. guys. We want to answer stuff for you. Um, so the other stuff that um, we've had in terms of feedback, which is another way you can show your appreciation for the show, which is always appreciated is apple podcasts reviews so we've had three um this uh half of the season um eleanor i believe you have the first (laughs) one to read out so the first one is uh, the 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 title line or what what do you call it yeah they call it like the subject or the headline or something on there yeah so the first one the subject is i don't object (laughs) five stars (laughs) Uh, bring your dancing baby butt over to Bygones, the Ali McBeal podcast, because you won't regret it. Love Ali McBeal, never seen it, doesn't matter. The ladies are bringing it to you through the modern lens, all with lovely, lovely British accents. The <laughs> 90s were very problematic. This show isn't. Subscribe. And that was from uh, Mixtape Montage, who is uh, Justine. Justine from The Cutaways and pod appetit co-host of lj's um, yeah that's via apple podcasts uh, in the usa um, thank you justine yeah thank you <laughs> so there was uh, another uh review that we had from benji benji reviewed us as well so he's really like i have to say benji has got the gold star for like biggest fan of the show at the moment <laughs> because he is emailing us he is sending us questions he is reviewing us it's he like all the it. things he's giving us money like i mean i don't know what more to say thank Vampire. you so so much benji um but he says love this so glad to have found an ali podcast especially one that's so good please please keep going with this i love with your discussions well we love you too and we love discussing things uh for your entertainment so as long as you want us we will keep doing this yes so yeah and uh another itunes review uh the title is fabulous five stars i just discovered this podcast i love it so much fun and laughter especially for this alley fan keep up the good work ladies we'll be binge listening until i catch up to current i know the series so well that i don't need to watch the show thank you that was from l one three four seven seven via Apple Podcasts in Australia. We are going international. International like guys. Crazy. <laughs> yes. I um thank yeah, you. I, Al. 
Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for your reviews. And if you haven't given us a review yet and you do listen and you do like the show, please, please rate a review. It does help with the algorithm, yes. I've been told. So it helps told. other people find us and uh, helps us get more listeners. So I think the only thing that we have left to do is my favourite part of this entire thing. <laughs> it is. Can we get a jingle for me? I want a jingle. <laughs> stuff jingles and like renee's reality check jingles and i get nothing (laughs) you get a verdict of the week i don't do that on my own you do that too no but you oh right i see what you mean (laughs) i don't know what the fuck would the jingle be (laughs) i don't know elena you're the jingle department sort that out (laughs) (laughs) just requesting politely that i have one what i'm talking about wait okay now from the beginning yep it's that time the moment you've been waiting for yes it's everyone's favorite segment the verdict of the week on our verdict of the week leaderboard so far this season I'm excited Eleanor I know sometimes this can be confusing but let me recap how this works if you are new to the show every end of every episode we give a verdict on the characters of the show if they are guilty they get minus a point if they are not guilty they gain a point and then we total up our guilties and our not guilties over the course of the season and whatever score they net out with puts them on the leaderboard at that score if you get a guilty you go down a place but if you get a not guilty you can redeem yourself so you're back up again yeah. so, so you know that's snakes how that and works. ladders snakes and ladders exactly so Eleanor the big question yes. is do you want me to start with who is at the top of the leaderboard so the most not guilty or who's at the bottom uh who's I want to go with who is the most guilty. Okay, who do you think is the most guilty? I think it might be Ali. You are correct! <laughs> Ali is the most guilty. She has got minus five points. Wow. So she's had seven guilties, but she's had two not guilty. So that puts her at minus five. Okay. So she is not doing well. So who do you think is the next most guilty? Um, Elaine? Elaine, that's an interesting choice. Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know. Richard? No. It's Billy. Billy. He's got minus four. So he's got four guilties and zero not guilties. Okay. Yeah, no, he's not guilty. Ali and Billy are quite close down there. Okay. And then there's a bit of a gap. So I'm not going to fill in all the gaps yet because I want to jump straight to who do you think is the most, who's winning? So who's the most not guilty? I think it's Nell by miles. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So Nell has six not guilties and zero <laughs> guilties. <laughs> She's our queen whoop, for a reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So 
after Nell, there are two people that are between her six and zero. Okay. So there's someone who is at two. Who do you think that is? Uh, Georgia? No. Think not main cast. Uh, not at two. Think maybe not a person. Not a person? <laughs> what? I don't know. Ribbit. No, I'm never going to guess this. You're going to have to tell me. Ribbit. Oh, <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> oh sweet baby R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, so he's at two. Okay. Um, and then there's someone who's got one point, which uh, is another sad one. Not main cast. Uh, 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 uh. Is it Happy Boyle? Yeah, yeah. Judge Boyle. Yeah, he got uh, one point. Yes. So there's two people that have zero because they have neither had a guilty nor a not guilty. So they've just sailed under the radar this entire uh, season, which I don't think happened to us in season one. Everyone Elaine? had something. Is Elaine, igno- is Elaine a zero? No. Oh. John? No, John. No. no. Do you want me to Georgia? Tell you? No. Ling? No. I don't know. Who's left? Renee? So Renee has a zero because she's had nothing so far, either a guilty or a not guilty. Okay. And Richard. What? I know. (laughs) You know what? You always forget about Richard. You know what? It's because we object mostly to his shit. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than give him a verdict. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, maybe that's a lesson for us. That's this happened last us. time. In in the mid-season review, Richard was doing really well. And we were like, yeah. that can't be right. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, that happened. So there you go. Yeah. So those two. So then shall I read out what happens from them? Yeah. So after that, we have Reverend Mark Newman, who got a guilty. <laughs> yeah. So he's at minus one. <laughs> And then we have four people at minus two. So we have John and Elaine, who both had two guilties and no not guilties. Then we've got Ling as well, who's got two guilties and no not guilties. Okay. And then we have George Madison, who also had two guilties and no not guilties. Oh, John Ritter. George, John Ritter. Yeah. Oh, I forgot, actually. There's someone else. Matt. He got two guilties. Matt. Oh, yeah. Renee's Billy. Billy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, there's only one more person left on the board at minus three. Who do you think that is? Who do you think? Who do you think? (laughs) Uh, Main cast? Georgia. Yes. Yeah. So, Georgia had four guilties and one not guilty. Okay. And I think this is a major reflection on the character assassination they've done on her yes. this season. Yes. Because all of those guilties, I'm pretty sure, were her being shitty to Nell. Yes. Yeah, I think you're right. That makes sense. Uh, so, yeah. In that sad state of affairs, we've got Georgia in the guilty camp. 
I know. So sad. So I think, do you want to do the other uh, kind of read on these numbers um, in terms of percentage of screen time? Who would have won? Does it change? Does it shake it up quite a bit? Uh, So, yeah. So the winner who is like 100% not guilty is completely different. But then that, the people who are in it less. Yes. Come out better. Okay. Quickly. So the winner with 100% not guilty, he was in this season for one episode. He got one not guilty is Judge Boyle. Yeah. Yeah. And then there were two major losers in that they were both 100% guilty. Was uh, They were both in it for two episodes. They both got two guilties, Matt and George. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So there you sense. go. Good. Okay. Good. Cool. Well, that was the leaderboard. I don't know what you're, you're looking at me as if I've got more to say. I do not. <laughs> that is how things are. So think about that as we go through the rest of the season to see whether, you know, who you think deserves to be at the top is at the top and think, vice versa. Yeah. I think Richard, like, it annoys me how often he does fly under the radar on this stuff because I think yeah we've always just got something more we want to there's always something else going on that we want to highlight I think it's almost kind of like oh can't waste our verdict on the week on like Richard's bullshit yeah yeah (laughs) I think that's where it comes from like uh so it's interesting it's interesting I think that uh Richard is he similarly is in real life like in real life in the show (laughs) like he just gets excused a lot of the time because what he said he said with like a a funny follow-up comment or like being charming or whatever and it's like I know lots of people like that in real life or I've certainly experienced people like that in real life and it's like they just get away with it they just do yeah and it's annoying yeah yeah. there's always something more pressing to spend yeah. our time and attention on and it's like but what's the real problem yeah like is it the big headline like thing making a lot of noise or is it the person that's just like gradually chipping away yeah and saying the kind of insidious things that you almost don't notice but then over time build up to something yeah major do you know yeah, what I mean completely completely it's what's more damaging yeah that's a pickle it is philosophical question (laughs) um but yeah so i guess that's it for our mid-season mailbag um if you were sad that you did not get the chance to submit a question as we said before just become a patron you can do that um our link is in most of our bios most weeks um for things but yeah search for bygones podcast on patreon patreon even um and yeah it will tell you what to do from there you don't just get the opportunity to submit questions you do get early um episodes early access to episodes and other kind of bonus content the more that you pledge um but yeah other than that you can hit us up on twitter at bygones podcast on instagram at bygones pod search for bygones podcast on facebook um email us at bygones podcast at gmail.com i think that's everything yeah Sounds like right? It. Yeah. So let's continue onwards with the rest of season two. Those yeah. 2019 eyeballs still have a good 
you know, half a season to see out. How are yours doing? All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that'll do. Uh, yeah, all right. We'll, we'll go, we'll, you know, make sure we, we probably need to start booking in our opticians appointment to get our 2020 vision. You know, saying that, I've been getting letters from Specsavers saying I need to book a new appointment. <laughs> <laughs> it's to get your 2020 vision booked in. God damn, That's what 2020 it is. vision. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so see you soon for another episode recap and uh, analysis. But until next time, bye guys. Bye guys. Yeah.